from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Good to be back in Studio B on Airline Drive. With uh, Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Hope you're having a, a better Thursday than perhaps the last couple of days here in the southeast as the thaw is underway. And uh, the Pelicans uh, arrived home late last night, uh, thankfully. And I think most everybody got home without a problem last night. The Pelicans, unfortunately, lost the ball game at Minneapolis, uh, losing to the Timberwolves, 88-77. And so the win streak stopped at three. And we just can't seem to get to that four-win streak just yet this year. But maybe that's right around the corner. But 88-77, again, was the final last night. The 77 points was the uh, lowest total uh, in a game for the Pelicans this year. And without Anthony Davis, it was going to be tough sledding, as you know. But uh, hopefully Davis will be back Saturday. Coach seems to think so. And uh, Anthony Davis will continue his tear. Speaking of Davis, we'll know later tonight whether or not he's a Western Conference All-Star. And uh, certainly he's deserving of that honor. I, I, uh, I've kind of, kind of kept my, my tongue on that for a while, but it's hard to deny what he's done here now in January. And when you look at the complete body of work, uh, he should be named tonight. So I hope that does come true for Anthony. What an honor that'd be for him, uh, the Pelicans franchise. And, of course, with the All-Star game here in New Orleans next month, certainly have one of our own in that affair at New Orleans Arena. So could be a big day for that. Monty Williams' reaction to the ball game last night in just a moment. First, though, let me tell you who's on the show today. We've got a good one. We kind of touch a couple of different angles uh, around the Super Bowl, one of which is the business of the Super Bowl. And Aaron Kurloff, the uh, sports business reporter for Bloomberg News, will stop by here in just a little bit. And then a little bit later, we'll talk about the food around the Super Bowl. Of course, it's New Orleans and it's Super Bowl Sunday. So our old friend Brian Landry, the uh, head chef over there at Bourne, is going to uh, share perhaps a, a Super Bowl recipe or two with us, help us enhance our game day activities on Sunday. And then we'll uh, also sprinkle in some NBA from a national level as Sean Devaney returns to the program. He is, of course, with the Sporting News. There's lots to talk about on the national stage, especially after another great performance by Kevin Durant up against uh, LeBron James last night as the Thunder beat the Miami Heat. And I'll certainly ask Sean Devaney's thoughts about the All-Star Reserves to be named later on today. All right, so there's your program for today on this Thursday. Before we hit our first time out and bring in Aaron Kurloff, let's listen in to uh, what Monty Williams had to say following the loss last night at Minnesota. Thoughts on the game, Coach? Um, we certainly couldn't make a shot tonight. We, uh, they were in the same boat, uh, but I, I thought we just settled a lot for uh, lazy jump shots tonight. That kind of stuff happens, but you certainly didn't expect it to happen after the win we had last night. Um, they packed the paint, and... Um, you know, Eric didn't have his best stuff tonight. and You know, you're going to have nights like that. B-Rob didn't have his best stuff. Tyreek missed a lot of shots around the basket. Um, our defense was 
I don't know if it was good or not. I got to watch the film, but I, you know, if you said you were going to hold them to 80s, you thought you think you'd have a chance to win, especially the way they score the ball. Did the absence of Davis change the way that your team played tonight, as far as any kind of a rhythm, or were they looking for something that wasn't there because he was not in the game? I mean, yeah. If you don't have Anthony Davis, it's certainly going to change a lot. But that that shouldn't be an excuse to. Not attack the basket. We cut it to four, cut it to three, and we come down and have silly possessions, or we give up a backdoor. That's not Anthony. I mean, the team that played tonight was in a position to win, so um, we just didn't play well. And um, I know some of our guys are a bit overwhelmed with trying to play at a high level, but we had our chances, and this is when you have to step up, and we just didn't do it tonight, and that happens. When you look at Love's overall game, how difficult was it for you guys to defend him and some of the stuff he was able to do? Um, I guess the same as anybody else in the NBA. He knocks down shots, he rebounds, he, he um, does a lot of stuff around the basket. Yeah, pretty disappointing night all the way around. I'm, I'm looking at the box score now again, which I didn't want to pick up anytime soon, but the Pelicans shot just 35.4% last night, and uh, – and we're led in scoring by Alfa Rukaminu's 18 points. So with the loss, the Pelicans are now 19-26. and 26. But when you look at the uh, bigger picture, they've uh, won three of their last four and four of their last six in all and now get set for a homestand that starts with Chicago on Saturday night. So, again, uh, there is some ground that can be made up here hopefully soon, and hopefully Anthony Davis is involved as early as Saturday after dislocating his finger earlier this week against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brian Landry, Sean Devaney, Aaron Kurloff still to come on the Black and Blue Report. We'll talk the business of the Super Bowl when we come back. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. When your Pelicans take on the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday, February 5th, it's your chance to walk up and win, presented by the Louisiana Lottery. Visit the New Orleans Arena box office starting at noon on February 5th to purchase a lower bowl seat for only $35. Then, try your luck in winning a seat upgrade courtesy of the Louisiana Lottery. Over 50% of the seats will be upgraded with some lucky fans taking in the game action from the floor. Visit pelicans.com today for details. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We've been talking Super Bowl in all kinds of different ways this week, and we continue kind of with the business of the Super Bowl a little bit. And with that, we welcome in Aaron Kurloff, who is the sports finance reporter for Bloomberg News and a uh, New Orleans Times-Picayune alum, as I understand. Aaron, you know this area very well, huh? Oh, yeah. I covered fishing down there for years. Wow. What years were those? Uh, well, I worked for Bob Marshall at the Picayune from about 98 through 2004, I want to say. So my, my wife got a better job in New York yeah, I understand. You know, um, a lot of times if you marry a New Orleans girl, you're never leaving. But if that wife, yeah. said wife gets better jobs somewhere else, uh, guess what? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a pull. I can't imagine there's much fishing to cover up there. Although, I guess if you're a commercial fisherman, there's plenty. 
It's yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate to make value judgments, but I would say it's just plain not as good. There's still recreational fishing. It's mostly striped bass and stuff. But you don't have any redfish or specks or anything. People fish bluefish on purpose. That's what I would say. The difference is. <laughs> Tell me throwing them back. Yeah, well, that's true. Yes. Uh, tell me about being the sports finance reporter for Bloomberg News. Um, well, we do all kinds of uh, sports business stuff. I mean, I cover everything from stadium uh, finance stuff about public's uh, money going into stadiums um, to all the big money deals. We do uh, team valuations these days. We got a lot of stuff going on at Bloomberg. Aaron, when we talk about the business of the Super Bowl, it's so gigantic, I'm not sure quite where to start. But the, uh, the big story is because it's a, it's a new location or a different idea in having the Super Bowl in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, how much of the business of the Super Bowl is impacted by the, by the host city itself? Well, um, I mean, I think the hopes are that it will uh, boom. The, uh, the Super Bowl here is budget is about $70 million, which, depending who you talk to, is twice or four times about what New Orleans played to host the game last year. Um, there's a spread between two states with, you know, many hotel rooms, obviously, the same kinds of uh, economic uh, output that you see in New Orleans. Um, but, uh, you know, mixed in with Manhattan and uh, all the other surrounding areas, Brooklyn, um Jersey and even a little bit into Connecticut. So there's a lot of play, a lot of events. The Rockettes are playing. The uh, Harlem Boys Choir is singing. I mean, it's it's a real deal, just like in New Orleans. But you know, it's Manhattan still. So two blocks away, you might not fully know what's going on. Interesting. What has worked and what has not worked in your eyes this week? Well, um, the weather is cold. <laughs> as you may be experiencing there in New Orleans right now. Um, but I wouldn't say that hasn't put too much of a damper. The, the, the main problems so far that we've seen are transportation-related, which is, I mean, that's like saying it's a Tuesday in New York. Um, but there's a lot of logistics involved. Media Day was at the uh, Prudential Center, which is in Newark, where the Devils play. Um, and that's a fair bus ride, subway ride, you know, train ride from... Uh, the Sheraton, which is the media center, so everybody can get on buses and go over there. And there's a fair amount of that stuff that you see at Super Bowls in more spread out locations, such as, say, Glendale, Arizona, or, um, you know, the Miami Fort Lauderdale spread that happened a couple of years ago. Um, that said, uh, you know, it's been a, a fairly well attended event. They opened the Super Bowl Boulevard on. Broadway in the middle of Times Square uh, yesterday with a huge toboggan run. I guess they're trying to compete with Indianapolis' zip line. And, uh, you know, it's crowded. There's people in jerseys and the whole nine yards, despite the cold. Interesting. You know, I, I'm sure that, you know, the, the, the book remains open because the game's still to be played on Sunday. So we'll learn more yeah. about the success of the week or not. But, you know, you've talked about the okay. economic impact upon a city like Glendale or New Orleans or even a Miami, for that matter, um, can can the city of New York, I guess, expect to feel a positive impact by the uh, against the outlay of uh, capital and resources that they have to use for this event? Well, uh, John Tish, who's the Giants, one of the Giants co-owners and one of the co-chairs of the host committee here, you know, said they did a study of an estimated 550 million in economic impact. That's 
similar to the studies out of New Orleans last year. Um, and, so, you know, some economists say are inflated by some, uh, you know, about two-thirds usually is the way the, like, uh, neutral economists often say. Um, but uh, his argument is essentially that this isn't a super busy time for New York anyway, the end, you know, middle of February, end of January. Um, that's a time when hotel rooms tend to be less in use. And he's, you know, runs a hotel chain, so he knows things like that. Um, and uh, the, in that way, um, it's bringing economic benefit that wouldn't have otherwise happened. See, one of the reasons uh, they say the studies are inflated is because they don't take into account what might have happened if the game didn't happen. And in New York, or even sometimes in New Orleans, where you have huge conventions and things like that, if you didn't have a Super Bowl, you might also, you might instead have, you know, the, the doctors or cardio, cardiologist convention or something, which is also a big money event in which people come to town and spend a lot of money. Um, but his contention was because it's February and literally zero degrees most of these days, you wouldn't be seeing a lot of tourism. And because of the Super Bowl, you are now. Aaron Kurloff, the uh, sports finance reporter for Bloomberg News with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Um, with the experience this week, Aaron, has New York kicked the door open for other northern cities to host? Well, I think uh, that's very much the hope of organizers. Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, and uh, the other one of the other chairs of the host committee said yesterday he hoped we were breaking the ice barrier, um, which got a pretty good laugh. And John Tish said he'd hope to have one here at least every 10 years. Um you know, the game is obviously the important thing, but I think in terms of parties and things like that, this has functioned just as oh, the past 10 Super Bowls I've been to. Um, people are out and about, they're out, you know, doing the Super Bowl-related business, and the players are in town, and they're doing the charity events and the parties and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, New York's a place that's pretty easy to get around. It's I don't think there's any complaints I have heard yet about um you know, the, like once you're in Manhattan, sort of being around the Super Bowl and getting to things and stuff like that is all happening uh, relatively seamlessly. Uh, there's some issues, as I said, with transportation to Jersey, but, you know, those are things that happen here. It's been snowing and icy. Um, now, in terms of other cold weather cities hosting, I think places like Philadelphia, places like Chicago are watching very closely. And... Um, you know, when the game time comes, that's really what's going to be on the line in terms of doing this again. Like, if, if we have a great game and it gets a big number on TV and maybe a little snow flurry to make it look exciting, I think the NFL would be very pleased with that. Aaron, speaking of television, let me turn your attention to the broadcast on Sunday. Are you hearing any numbers about the revenues generated by those oh-so-popular Super Bowl spots for Fox this weekend? Oh, they hit another record this year. I mean, they always, uh, every year is a record. Um, and uh, I actually don't have a number uh, to hand, but I do know that they topped last year almost as soon as the inventory went on sale. You know, it's this is the only show in America, except for maybe the Academy Awards and a few other things, that aggregate this huge audience of both men and women across demographic lines. I mean, it is the most popular television entertainment show in the U.S., and if you look at the history, it's the top 20 or something, maybe 
19 of the most recent popular television shows. In a time when audience is fragmenting and scattering across the cable dial and to the Internet, to Netflix and stuff, it's really important for television ad sales. Um, it's really one of the things that keeps the networks going, and ESPN's a huge percentage of Disney's overall profits. Um, and it has to do with the fact that people don't like to watch t like live sports recorded. They don't like to wait. They don't want to sit down with everybody else and watch the game when it's on. And that means the commercials get seen and that the, you get seen by a lot of people, a lot of people of all different sizes and shapes and ages. And that um, for uh, advertisers, that's just critical. As things scatter, you know, it's harder and harder to find that kind of audience. Super Bowl provides it. Aaron, when you look at what the networks uh, put into this week and then the, uh, the revenues that come in, because of the television rights and the exorbitant cost it is to have a piece of the NFL pie, do they have to have this to make themselves whole, or is this free and clear stuff for the networks involved with the NFL? No, the networks uh, need football um, at this point uh, for the, you know many of the reasons I just outlined, and you know often they you know NBC for a while when uh, a few years back when they came back to football after having been away you know, said they, they don't actually, between the ad sales, necessarily clear a profit on the football games themselves. What they get there, what the advantage comes is it brings people to the network. They know what shows are on, they stay, they watch other shows after the game, and all that has a spillover effect. It really drives business to the network. And so for the broadcast networks that, you know, were the kings of the dial for, you know, 50 years in this country, um, you know that, that that's really critical. You have to be have the game to be a player. You have to be in the rotation, and that's how you get attention for what the rest of your schedule is. Aaron, I, I got to ask you for a prediction before I get you off the line here. Um, <laughs> do you would you like the fancy one, or would you like to just maybe share the general feeling of the media core there at the Sheraton Media Center? Well, uh, you know, I'm a finance writer, not necessarily a football writer, but the, uh, I would say the general feeling is quite torn on this game. There's a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of, well, great defense might be great offense kind of stuff, um, So, which would favor the season talks, right? And then there's a lot of, well, it's, I mean, you pick the best player on the field. It's got to be Peyton Manning, right? So I would say that the media is calling this a push right now, and um, I would be the, I would hesitate to uh, put too much on it, though, uh, you know, as a guy who lived down in New Orleans, it's always fun to watch Peyton Manning in a game like that. Say that. Aaron, you're you're a New Yorker now. That's a pretty unflappable bunch that lives up there that likes to, whether it's reality or pretend, kind of seem to just shrug off the, the big news of any given day. Are New, York, <laughs> are, you, are New Yorkers into this or no? Well, I mean, New Yorkers know it's happening, which is a good step, you know. It's not, I'm not going to say that people are super impressed. I was at a fancy restaurant last night. There was a couple fairly famous football players in there who went totally unnoticed. Um, though Emerald was there, it did get a little bit of attention. Um, <laughs> and that's New York. On the other hand, you know, Broadway's uh, crowded. There's a toboggan run, and there's, you know, people in those buildings. My wife works in Rock Center, so she's looking out the window at it. Um, you know, I think New York has really embraced it as a, it's a New York thing this year. And that, um, you know, people I've talked to would certainly welcome it again. It doesn't come with, 
I mean, one thing that's nice about the city being so big is it doesn't come with a set of inconveniences you might see in New Orleans. Like, we don't have, aside from Broadway being blocked off, which happens periodically, um, there hasn't been, you know, traffic snarls and stuff like that. We get that stuff with the UN. We get it when the president shows up. And, um, you know, people complain that this hasn't caused those kinds of logistical headaches for people who are trying to get to media day in Newark. So, you know, for that, people are enjoying it. Yeah, the football, football's here. Bring it back, you know. I'm trying to do my New York accent. It's not working. i got to say, forget about it. Yeah, no, it's, it, it'll do. It'll do. Aaron, <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of the week. Um, and I know you're a finance guy, but I know you'll probably have an interest in the game this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sitting outside and seeing how it goes for those in the audience. That's, <laughs> uh, that's going to be my story. Well, better you than me. I'll be inside <laughs> in front of my big screen watching the game. So, uh, Aaron, Good, well, enjoy it. thank you. Hey, come on back down to New Orleans sometime soon. We'd love to have you back. Hey, I'd love to be there right now. Okay. All right. Well, maybe after this week. We're going to warm up after the next day or two. So maybe you wait a day or two. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Aaron Kurloff, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. He's the sports, uh, excuse me, sports finance reporter for Bloomberg News, the business of the Super Bowl. More coverage of the Super Bowl, of course, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue here on this Thursday after this next time out. Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of basketball action. February 13th through the 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest Memorial Convention Center into 40 interactive activities. Fans can test their skills, score pre-autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours today at NBAevents.com. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Well, the All-Star Reserves will be named later tonight. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. And to help us get a handle on that, we kind of go national a little bit. It's been a long time, but it's time to visit with Sean Devaney of the uh, Sporting News. Sean, uh, I hope you're in a warm spot. That may not be possible in North America right now, uh, even here in the South. But I hope we find you in a warm spot today. Yeah, uh, in my my kitchen. It's nice and warm in here, that's for sure. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) Uh, All-Star Reserves, that's kind of what I wanted to start with today. Uh, you know, I thought that for the most part, the fans got it pretty much right last week with the starters, with a couple of exceptions. But what about the reserves? This is on the coaches now. And uh, I'm anxious to hear what you think will happen later on this evening as they try and round out those rosters on the eastern and western sides. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you're always going to have uh, uh, some snubs. That's, uh, that's, that's for sure. You get that every, uh, every year. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting in the, uh, in the West. I think in the East it's a little bit easier uh, just because there aren't many good players in the East. That's why the records aren't what they are. Uh, but, you know, in the West you're going to have a little bit more of a challenge. And, uh, uh, you, you know, a guy like uh, uh, New Orleans, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, is, is sort of on the fringe there. And, and, and uh, certainly the way he's played, uh, you would say he would get in. But 
um, you know, if he gets in, then you're going to look at either Tim Duncan or, or Dirk Nowitzki uh, being out. And, and, you know, both of those guys have played well for, for teams with better records. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, uh, interesting. You're, you're always going to get snubs. Like I say, it's, it's a little bit easier in the East because uh, um, there aren't as many good players. But you look at the West, there's going to be a lot of guys who get left off that team. Sean, I've talked about all the things, I guess, that I, I, I feel like Anthony Davis has done to deserve to be an all-star. But because of where I am and, and what I do, I haven't necessarily maybe done the other side of the ledger. Is there something other than maybe the losing record for New Orleans that keeps Anthony Davis out at this point? Yeah, and that, that, would, be the, uh, that would be really the only thing. I mean, when you look at a guy who's averaging uh, 20 and 10, uh, leading the league in block shots and, and uh, uh, you know, made such improvements in terms of pretty much everything he needed to improve. You know, he's, he's, he's a little more consistent defensively where he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't bite on fakes. He's getting, you know, what I would call legitimate block shots, you know, block shots that come from, from good defense rather than, uh, you know, just trying to get block shots. Uh, so, you know, he's, he, he's improved those sorts of things. Uh, the mid-range game, uh, you know, has, has been uh, uh, a step forward for him, so has work to do on that. But, but you know, no question, uh, uh, he's, uh, he, he's a guy who uh, has improved everything he was supposed to improve. Uh, but if anything is going to keep him off, it's, it's the fact that the team uh, has struggled uh, and, and the fact that, you know, you've got, like I said, when you start going through the roster and you see who's going to be sort of those last guys picked, uh, when the coaches are voting, uh, you know, as much as they want to put Anthony Davis on there, uh, they do have a certain appreciation uh, career-wise for guys like Dirk Nowitzki and, and Tim Duncan. Uh, and to me, that would be the only thing uh, that could possibly keep Anthony off is, is sort of the respect for those, those future Hall of Famers. When you throw all that in the pot there, Sean, um, and you boil it all down, do you think he makes it or no? Yeah, I do. You know, ultimately I do. Uh, and, and I think the other thing you have to factor in is injuries. You know, Kobe Bryant and, and, and even Chris Paul, uh, you know, might not play in this thing. So, uh, you know, you might see some of the, the, the younger guys, if they get snubbed the first time around, eventually make it on. You know, I, I would put Damian Lillard uh, in that category as well as far as a guy who, uh, uh, you, you know, is, might not make it, you know, just because he is a young guy and it is so competitive. And, and you're going to have guys like, uh, obviously, Stephen Curry's already on there, but then you're going to have, you know, a, a Tony Parker, for instance, uh, you know, when you get guys like that, uh, uh, it tends to push second-year guys like Davis, like Willard, uh, to the back of the line. Uh, but I think that once, uh, uh, if they don't make it tonight, I think once the injury thing sort of shakes out, uh, you'll see both of those guys, both Willard uh, and Anthony Davis on it. So if they don't make it tonight, I don't, I, it's not quite over for those two. How do we balance the, the, the kind of the, what you're saying as, as far as like a perennial all-star, Duncan, Nowitzki, Parker to some extent, of course. Uh, Kobe Bryant gets voted in as a starter, even though he hasn't really even played. Um, how do we balance uh, rewarding long and, and prosperous all-star careers, but yet at the same time take care of those who are in the middle of what we would call an all-star season? Yeah, you know, and I always wish that they would expand the roster, uh, you know, and, 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 and maybe add. Uh, you know, a 13th spot or even a 14th spot, uh, 
because you do wind up with these situations where, um, you know, I, I, uh, if you're the league, you say, well, where do you end? And we could have 20 spots. But, you know, I do think uh, a couple extra spots would not be uh, the worst thing in the world for uh, uh, for the All-Star team. So uh, that I, I would like to see that, but but obviously that's not happening right now. And, you know, I mean, it's it's up to coaches. And, and uh, in general, coaches take this pretty seriously. Uh, you know, they, they, they do think about these things, and, and they do weigh it. And I've talked to assistant coaches, uh, head coaches who, who actually vote on these things and and um you know there's they, they do give it a lot of consideration they know how important it is to the players so uh you know it's 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 not easy but but you know that's 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 up to the coaches i think coaches tend to lean toward uh look if, if tim duncan's been in the league uh as long as he has uh and it's between him and anthony davis i'm going to go with tim duncan i think that's that's the mentality that coaches have um, you know, with with this sort of thing, uh, you know, having said that, uh, you, you know, they're not like I say, they they, they give this real consideration. So um, I, I I don't think that, uh, uh, that that coaches necessarily are going to snub a guy just because he's young. Uh, but at the same time, if it's close and you're and you're dealing with a guy who whose team isn't winning against a guy whose team uh, is a is a potential playoff team. Uh, then, then you're probably going to go with the uh, with the other guy, with the guy who's winning. So uh, it, it is tough for coaches to do it, no question. I I, I don't envy them, but uh, uh, I do think that, uh, uh, that that in general they usually get the balance pretty close to right. Sean Devaney, the Sporting News, with us. Sean, real quick, just on the Eastern side before we move on to the next topic, is there any is there any name uh, that you'll expect to see tonight on the Eastern side that perhaps is a first time All Star that gets that first big crack at it? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the Pacers are going to be pretty well represented. Uh, uh, you know, Paul George and, and Roy Hibbert have made it before, but uh, I would expect to see Lance Stevenson as well. And, and, and you know, his story is pretty remarkable. Uh, he was a guy who was barely in the league just a couple of years ago uh, and has really got things turned around as a starter now. Uh, he leads the league in triple-doubles. He's had three triple-doubles. So uh, I would expect Lance Stevenson. He's a guy that I would keep my eye on uh, tonight in terms of uh, how they vote. Kevin Durant last night, again, in that matchup with the Miami Heat, you know, he keeps his streak alive of, as far as unbelievable scoring outputs. Um, are you shaking your head a little bit about, about what Durant is doing? I guess we've all kind of seen this coming, but this is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's kind of fitting that, that last night was sort of the exclamation point on this whole thing. Uh, and I say that because I, I don't know that, that Kevin Durant would be what he is right now without LeBron James. I think he needed LeBron James uh, to push him the way that he has, and, and, and I think that that's what we've seen happen. Uh, you know, you see that in sports sometimes when, when you've got a guy, you know, whether it's uh, in baseball with McGuire and Sosa, you know, when, when you've got another guy who's pushing you, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, uh, you, you know, you go into the offseason – and, and, and you're just thinking about that guy. And, and, you know, when you go out and you're playing games, you're thinking about that guy. Uh, and I think that's, that's what LeBron has been for, uh, for Kevin Durant. And I think as you look them at the, the maturation of his game, a lot of that goes back to, uh, you know, sort of uh, he, he's always number two. You know, he's always just behind LeBron. You know, he's, 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 uh, LeBron is number one and, and Durant is number one A. Uh, I think he came into this year saying, I don't want that anymore. Uh, I want to be number one. So it's, it's helped that Russell Westbrook has been out and, and Durant has had to do more. Uh, but I do think that if you look at the, uh, the development of his career, uh, a lot of credit for that should probably go to LeBron James because, uh, uh, you, you know, he's, he's sort of forced Kevin Durant to really raise his game. It's interesting. And, and, and it's hard to think that LeBron, what's now in his 10th season, I mean, he's not the young kid on the block anymore. He's, he's becoming an elder statesman in the league. 
going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be uh, uh, 30, so, yeah. <laughs> which is hard to believe yep. considering, uh, you know, it seems like yesterday that he was uh, 19 and just entering the league. Speaking of the number 30, Sean, uh, the 30-year run for David Stern as commissioner of the NBA ends tomorrow night. Adam Silver takes over on Saturday. Do we see change in the NBA because of that change at the top? You know, I do wonder if, 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 if we're, what we're going to see. I, I don't think we're going to see uh, any, uh, you know, substantive changes in terms of how things are played and, and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I do think we might see change in terms of, uh, you know, the relationship with the union and, and the next collective bargain agreement, you know, sort of the, uh, uh, the big picture issues uh, that, that, that Adam is going to take over uh, and have to deal with. Uh, you know, that was something where by the end of the line, it was clear that, that, that David Stern and, and, and Billy Hunter uh, had, had sort of run their course with that sort of thing. So now you've got Hunter out as the, as the union president, and, and now David Stern is out. And you hope that you wind up with uh, a better working relationship between Adam Silver and, and, and the next uh, uh, executive director of the union. So, you know, that's, that, that to me is going to be the big thing, because that's the thing where, you know, when you talk about uh, how the salary cap is arranged and, and how uh, revenue sharing is arranged and, and all those things that are, that are important to the health of the league, maybe that fans don't see if you just go to a game, but they're important to the health of the league. And I think that's where, uh, uh, where there's a real opportunity to sort of reset things uh, after, you know, clearly in the last lockout. Uh, they had deteriorated pretty bad. Yeah, they did. Uh, Sean Devaney with the Sporting News here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Sean, one more thing before I let you go here. Uh, just past the halfway point now of the regular season, can you give me or can you project uh, three storylines from a national uh, perspective to watch in the second half of the season? Well, you know, I would say one is, has got to be uh, uh, the Heat. You know, they, they have not played well. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, this is the two-time defending champ. They have not looked like it. Uh, you know, the presumption is that uh, they can sort of uh, bounce back and, 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 and flip the switch, as, as they like to say. But, uh, you know, can they actually do that? <laughs> let's see, because that's, that's really going to be a, a big determining factor in terms of uh, uh, how the Eastern Conference shakes out and then how the finals shake out. I mean, the Pacers look so good right now uh, that if, if Miami's not at the top of their game, uh, they're going to be in some trouble. So I think that's, that's certainly one. Uh, I think another one is, is, is sort of the New York teams and, and, and what happens. Uh, Brooklyn has played much better. Uh, are they going to get back to the, the notion of being a legitimate contender? Uh, and on the other side, you know, what happens with the Knicks? At what point do they fire Mike Woodson? Uh, you know, that's, that's going to be a pretty big storyline. And then I think the draft. I mean, everybody's thinking about the draft. You know, you've got teams uh, obviously uh, willing to lose some games now if it improves their, I won't call it tanking necessarily, but if it improves their draft standing, it's not the worst thing in the world. So, uh, and, and, and how these guys play, Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, you know, how these guys play and, and whether they prove themselves to be uh, the kind of picks that everybody thinks that they're going to be. Uh, you know, those to me are probably the big three things uh, to keep an eye on uh, as we head into the second half. Great stuff as always. I want Pelicans fans, of course, to, to follow your stuff. And, uh, of course, they can do that at Sporting News. But let's get them started with Twitter. Sean, are you actively uh, using the Twitter, as they say, these days? I, I sure am, yes. It's at Sean Devaney, just, just just my name, plain and simple. Spell that for him, will you? D-E-V, right? Uh, we spell it the right way, right, Sean? And, yes. uh, and uh, Devaney, D-E-V-E-N-E-Y. Very good, very good. Sean, I appreciate it as always. I hope to have you on as we kind of maybe turn past the All-Star break, and I hope that you enjoy your visit to New Orleans next month. 
Absolutely. Thanks, John. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll turn our attention to Super Bowl food. Hey, that sounds pretty good. That's coming up next right here on the Black and Blue Report. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Saturday, February 1st, when the Chicago Bulls come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the first 10,000 fans receiving a free T-shirt courtesy of Morris Bart. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zataran season ticket garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets are limited and are available by visiting pelicans.com today. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Talking Super Bowl a little bit, NBA 2 on the uh, Black and Blue Report this Thursday. And uh, we can't talk Super Bowl uh, before the week gets out without bringing up food. Of course, we live in New Orleans, and Super Bowl Sunday means food. And, of course, when we need food, we go to our guy. That's Brian Landry. He's the executive chef over at Bourne, one of the John Besh restaurants. Brian, it's been a while. How you been? I'm doing well. I, uh, Trying to stay warm. No doubt, no doubt. I, I'm ready for spring, but we've got one more winter event here to go, and that's the Super Bowl. And while we've had you on before to talk about, you know, tailgating and Saints games, I don't think anybody will be tailgating this weekend, but certainly I would imagine there's a lot of food being prepared for Super Bowl Sunday. So we thought maybe you could help us out with some things that we can serve up uh, either at home or when we go to a Super Bowl party this weekend. Yeah, that's not a problem at all. What you got in mind? Uh, I think the biggest thing about um, throwing parties like this for the Super Bowl is you don't want to be actually in the kitchen the whole time. You want to you want to actually use maybe even the day before to get yourself ready so that you can watch the game with all of the people coming over. So I like to do recipes um, that I can kind of just keep on the stove or even in a crock pot, and people can kind of serve themselves throughout the game. Cause everybody kind of just likes to pick. It's not like you're going to sit down and have a big meal so i always reach for some of those you know typical staples like a good gumbo keep on the stove um but also like to do something like a a a roasted pork butt um that you can do the day before um and and put in the refrigerator and then that morning slice it up put it in a crock pot or in a low in a pot on a low flame and people can make some like uh, roasted pork pull boys, almost like uh, you would do a roast beef pull boy with the gravy and nice and sloppy and warm and delicious, but with pork. And I think that's a, uh, I think it's a great dish for Super Bowl. I agree. All right, so any any Joe out there can, you know, go go to the grocery store and get themselves a Boston butt and throw it in the oven. But if they exactly. want to do it Brian Landry style, how are we going to go about this? <laughs> Uh, it's actually, you don't have to get too fancy. What we like to do here at Bourne is we stud the whole pork butt all over it with little uh, cloves of garlic and then rosemary. Um, and we just kind of put 
cut little slices in the pork butt and shove the garlic and some rosemary into the little slits we cut. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, we just season it with salt and pepper. And you'd be amazed how much flavor just that garlic and salt, pepper, and rosemary impart impart into the pork. Um, And we like to do it nice and slow. We uh, will start the oven really high, like at 400 degrees, and cook it for about 30 minutes, which kind of sears the outside of the pork, and it'll lock in all the juices and flavor. And then just lower that temperature to 250 and cook it probably for about two hours. Um, and it'll just be wonderfully tender and juicy. And we got to have a temperature, right? What does that got to get to? Uh, for well, since you're going to cook it so long and slow, the pork will eventually get to the internal temperature of the oven. Um, if, but basically, if you cook that pork till about 180 degrees, you're good to go. Okay. Now you mentioned that if you did that the day before. Then you'd bring it back to life with the crock pot on Sunday. So yeah, so, yeah go ahead. Yeah, so what um, if you do it the day before? What's great is when you put it in the refrigerator that night, um, it it'll get nice and cold, and you're actually able to slice it super thin if you have a sharp knife at the house. Um, slice it super thin while it's cold, and then uh, you can bring it back up in a crock pot or on the stove. Um, you can make a really simple pork gravy using all those drippings from when you roast it, mm-hmm. just like Grandma would do, you know, a little flour, a little butter, all the drippings, and then, again, a little salt, pepper, some fresh rosemary or fresh thyme, and then just bring that sliced pork back back up to temperature in the gravy. Man, and talk about making great pull boys. It's delicious. Oh, man, that's outstanding. All right, so a little bit of that, and I've got, uh, what about some pick food or, you know, a chili to me sounds pretty good on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know about you. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, right now it's duck, and it's also uh, deer season. So in, in South Louisiana, I think just about everybody has access to some venison this time of year. So I like to make a, um, a venison chili. Um, and I, the, one of the, I guess, unique things to it. I use a little dark beer to cook it, whether that's Guinness or Tin Roof, which is a local brewery, has a, um, has a nice porter that's got a little coffee flavor in it called Parade Ground. Um, so you can almost follow your traditional chili recipe. You know, you're going to put some chipotle peppers and a bunch of seasonings and oregano, but sneak a little dark beer into it. And I think it adds a really nice, well-rounded flavor to it. Oh, good tip. Good tip. Now, Brian, are you going to be able to uh, enjoy Sunday? Are you off and get to watch the game, or does Bourne have something special going on for Super Bowl Sunday? Well, we have people booking up tables to come and watch the game. We have that long bar with the TVs. Um, But depending on the size of the crowd, I think what I might do is try and take the game off but I'm going to watch it with the windows open to make it feel like I'm sitting in the stadium in New York. <laughs> well, it's going to be like 65 here. That's cheating. You can't do that. Brian, yeah. good stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to eat now. Um, you want to you wanna hazard a guess on who wins this game on Sunday? Can I, can I put you on the spot? I, I'm going with the hometown boy. I think Peyton's got this one locked up. He seems a little more uh, determined and serious about it. So I'm going Broncos. Good pick. I think I'm on the same page as you are.
and certainly I think I'm going to try out uh, definitely that Boston butt this weekend. There's no doubt about that. It's I'm not ready to launch myself into smoker season, you know, outdoor right. all day long. This oven and crock pot combination I think is, is going to be a perfect and easy way to go about this weekend. Yeah, and what I, I have this recipe already written out for you, so I'll send it over to you, and if anybody wants to take a look at it, they can go to the Black and Blue Report and find it on your website. Perfect. We'll try and get it up there online a little bit later today, and then they'll have it for the weekend. Hey, good luck to you guys over at Bourne this weekend, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. That's Executive Chef Brian Landry with us here on the Black and Blue Report. He's a regular, and he uh, helps us cap off our culinary tour through the football season with a little preview of Super Bowl Sunday. All right, gang, we'll be back to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show right after another timeout. There's no place like our home. Louisiana's very own. Time to get covered, Louisiana. Go to bcbsla.com and find a blue to fit your health care needs and budget. You can even get help from a Blue Cross agent. Find out how at bcbsla.com and enroll today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I get you, Daniel. Okay, yeah, on Twitter you can follow me at Sean Kelly Live. Um, why not? Every once in a while I'll thrill you with some great nugget of information. Of course, follow this show at Black Blue Report on Twitter. That's where you'll get the daily, daily lineup for this, the podcast uh, for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Good show today. I enjoyed it. I don't want to really ruin it by rambling on here, but thanks again to Brian Landry from Bourne, Sean Devaney of the Sporting News, and also Aaron uh, Kurloff from Bloomberg News. Uh, informative, I thought, on this Thursday. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, Joel Myers uh, will join us and will react to the coach's selection of the All-Star Reserves in the NBA. We'll effort to get you one more uh, jump up to New York and a uh, last look at Super Bowl Sunday between the Denver Broncos and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And then I think we'll probably have a little bit of the Monty Williams show for you tomorrow as well. That's good stuff from Coach on Thursday night, so I want to uh, share it with you on Friday, uh, Friday's Black and Blue Report, in case you were unable to get around the radio tonight. Don't forget, on Saturday night, uh, the Pelicans welcome the Chicago Bulls. And during the Fox Sports New Orleans broadcast, Joel Myers is going to sit down for an exclusive one-on-one with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. That's on Saturday night. Uh, they'll cover a number of different topics, and it's yours starting with the pregame show at 6.30. That's Pelicans Live, presented by Aaron's. Then more during the game broadcast itself, and I think as well postgame after uh, Pelicans win over the Chicago Bulls. That game's nearly a sellout, by the way. If you want to see that game Saturday night, hustle up to the telephone, 504-525-HOOP or online at pelicans.com. 
That'll do it for us on this Thursday. I'll see you later on tonight on the radio for the Monty Williams Radio Show. And then we're right back here tomorrow on the podcast, The Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.